Hello, ghostly listeners. You've got Jake here, and I'm with my co-ghostess with the mostest, June Nixon. Hi, everyone. So today's podcast is another one of our roles in a ghost hunting team episodes. We're going to cover off on the last role, well, that every team probably should have, and that's evidence analysts and what makes a really good one, what they do, some of their job details, um, and all the fun jazz like that. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. So really, there's about three types of different analysts. There's an audio, video, and image analyst. Now, with current trends and with technology, we can see that video and image is pretty much uh, merging into one role, even though some of the skills will be a bit different because, you know, you use different software for video than you do for images in general. But that is starting to combine. And generally speaking on a ghost, where I guess you would call me more of the video um, analyst, uh, I've been using that more than just straight up imagery. And one of the reasons for that before the first role we're going to go into a little more depth with is the audio analyst. So for EVPs, but with video and image now, I think video has become a bit more important. For one thing, you can export images from it, but also video gives you the context for the uh, ghostly engagement that you've captured. So that's just a little preface before we get into that. That's those two specific roles. But when it comes to audio, there's no one as good as June. (laughs) (laughs) I try. I actually really do. um, I really do enjoy listening to the audio and I don't know why uh, for me, listening to audio is better than watching the video. And I don't know why that is. I, I don't know if I'm, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm all about using the video. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, video is where it's at. I mean, I, I think they should go hand in hand. And that's why, you know, when you have this amazing camera, you also have the or video camera. You also have that amazing sound uh, recorder with the video camera. True. So, um, you know, they should go hand in hand because that's basically where the evidence is at. You know, if you get, you know, one picture of a ghostly image walking down a hallway, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to say, you know, what was that really? But if you get a ghostly image of something walking down the hallway with video, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Video's becoming kind of like the multimedia smorgasbord, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, because of the audio and yep. the image quality and all that stuff. But um, let's stepping back to the audio analyst, because I'm going to go all out on video. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but with audio itself, what just just basic things, duties, it doesn't have to be a specific skill set or anything. But when it comes to audio, what do you think are like the duties, the recurring tasks that the audio analyst would be responsible for? Well, um, I think the audio analyst uh, should, you know, be able to store the audio evidence from investigations or input audio data into the editing tool, things like that. Um, Listen to the tracks multiple times to find evidence. You know, they should have a lot of patience. That is one (laughs) thing that's very important and not, uh, you know, just kind of skip over things. Um, Yeah. um, With that, in regard to that one, I think, 
um, like when I when I do it, I usually listen to each track three times, which I know can add up. Right. But since EVPs are so quiet to begin with, you you, you got it. It's just a got to do. So June, when it comes to listening to, well, I mean, with the software, because it visualizes, if I could talk, right, visualizes waveforms for the sound. What is, what's a pro tip? Um, well, one thing is when you are kind of watching um, on the, the sound software, basically, when you're watching this, um, it kind of shows as wavy lines when there is something speaking or talking or some sort of noise uh, when you see it you'll just think oh that's probably you know where somebody is speaking or talking or a sound happens so i'll just skip to that part don't do that because there's a lot of times something may be in you know you may be able to hear something but it's not showing up on the wave file so the wave that is basically. so true so yeah. the last um ghost hunts we did I think this was back in part of January and part of February at Spooked in Seattle. We did get EVPs, but it didn't have a waveform. And I find that's more true than not. Right. <clears throat> exactly. So it's just one of those things where you really have to have the patience to listen to everything. And I think that's extremely important for, you know, analyst to do. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But, uh, and they also need to go in and debunk, uh, you know, the claims of ghost voices uh, if they hear EVPs. Well, let's talk um, about debunking for a quick sec then for okay. the uh, audience analysts. What are some of the most common reasons for a false positive EVP? A lot of times it could even be movements. If you're wearing mm. some sort of clothing or something that kind of makes some noise, it can go sheep you know, or something. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh my gosh, that said, you know, kill me. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess we could talk about the matrixing aspect yeah. of the, uh, it's paradelia or pyridolia. Yeah. I forget how, how you pronounce the word, but. And also people whispering. If, if oh, there yeah. is an investigator in another room and they start whispering, you know, all of a sudden you're gonna, you know, pick that up. It's, it's easy to pick up whispering. You know, you may think you're talking, you know, quiet, but I hate to tell you this. It really does carry when, um, you know, other people are listening to their audio and they hear. Yeah, that happens quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and some recorders actually do pick up radio. Um, I've had that experience more, may, more with my older, uh, audio recording soft, uh, mm. not software, but devices. Um, so you, I would say you don't necessarily want to use a recorder that can also pull in radio. All right. That's, because I that never stuff thought of is that. always yeah. on. Yeah. Cause that would be something. And also too, it's like, if you, um, this is why it's really important for the investigator to tag every single thing that happens so if an investigator is like sitting there and all of a sudden you know you know you gotta mm -hmm. say oh i'm sorry that was my stomach growling yeah that's and, true they, it does sound like a yeah. demonic growl and especially <laughs> if if somebody else is listening you know to your footage uh -huh. Um, that's very important because, you know, because, you know, if you're listening to it later, you're like, I don't need to tag that because I'll remember that my stomach was growling. It's like, um, no, you got to tag yeah. everything. And yeah. So one of the things that I like is I like to have the analysts not be the investigator that recorded it. 
Mm-hmm. I think it makes it more objective. Yep, probably does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's see, the other thing is you have to have the timing for uh, when you eat to when you investigate. Yeah, that's probably really important. Um, or at least to have something there, um, you know, something to snack on or say, I need to take a break and I need to eat some crackers or something yeah. just <laughs> to fill the void. Yeah, <laughs> calm down the stomach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I have been on an investigation where, um, yeah, I was with somebody and all of a sudden it was like every five seconds. And I I had that problem too. And the thing is like, I wasn't even hungry, but the guts gurgle. Yeah, exactly. You can't control that. (laughs) You cannot control that. So if that's the case, I mean, you have the Twinkies ready to go to settle. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cause yeah, it is very distracting. Yeah. And the other thing, and this is just me, I would say when it comes to collecting evidence and stuff, especially if you're going to do it in an urban environment, uh, let's just take the University Heights Center, for example, Mm -hmm. it has those old windows, it's not very well insulated Insulated, from outside, if I could talk, outside noise. Uh, You're going to get a lot of bleed through from the environment. So a lot of times... I throw out all of my audio if I'm in a room that's can be yeah. exposed to outside noise cause unless travel unless though I mean I, I I can you know say unless you hear a voice that's like right next to the the microphone that's true I mean yep, that's a good point you you can actually tell <clears throat> the difference a lot of times you know um, mm-hmm. that if all of a sudden you know you hear a little girl you know speaking right into the microphone or, or whispering into the microphone mm-hmm. saying no you or, know something like that i'm gonna rip your face exactly exactly if you hear that right in the microphone that's a whole different story <laughs> true and i think one of the other things that you can do is have multiple recordings going yeah exactly yeah, if you have like one on the window ledge or something and you're getting all this, you know, noise, but you mm-hmm. have one on the inside and you're hardly getting any of that, you're that's probably a, you know, good clue that it's outside, but yeah. you know. Yeah, but you have to make sure that you point the audio recorders in different directions from each other. Mhm. Um, cuz like I come with the camera and, and I'll get to this under video, but I have industrial strength mics. Yes, with he does. my Amazing. my camera. So if that mic gets it, and the other two recorders get it, it's either someone talking, or something else is going on. I have had one experience that spooked in Seattle in the underground, where I had two cameras going and two audio recorders set up, and they all picked up the same sound, the same EVP. It's just only one of the cameras which was pointed. Um, and everything was pointing at different directions. One camera picked it up as if someone was standing right in front of it, but the others heard it as a lower, at a lower volume. That's really cool. But it was the same, same EVP. <clears throat> I do have to say my favorite thing is though, is when you have two recorders that are really close together and one of them picks up a really weird, loud voice or sound mm-hmm. and the other one doesn't pick it up, but you yeah. hear the same background noise. That's uh-huh. really, really freaky to me. I yeah, love that, that is. I, yeah. I don't really. Yeah. I mean, 
it's ghosts. So we don't really know, yeah, we don't know how <laughs> know why it does you know? one and not the other. Because, <clears throat> you know, that's happened to me. I think I told you that one time where my friend and I were standing side by side, basically, with our audio recorders. Mm -hmm. She picks up a screaming baby on hers and I have nothing on mine. Not even a hint of a screaming mm. baby. That's don't wild. know why that is just the strangest thing ever but yeah mm -hmm. it happens mm -hmm. um moving on to a bit more of the technical side let's talk about how <laughs> to trim your evps what what's some pro tips when it comes to isolating your evps for publishing um <clears throat> excuse me you might want to answer this one a little better i think you're better at it Oh, okay. If so it depends clear my yeah. while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to using the software, um, everyone should know the basics of how to trim the file, right? Right, and right. Everyone's a little bit different, but it usually goes with something you either, you know, do a right click and drag over the area to isolate it and then just export it. Um, other times, you have to split it at the playhead. So you'll see the timer at the top of the software. Right. You right. usually want to give it two or three seconds before least, and yeah. after. Yeah. Just and, for the lead in. And make sure you uh, make sure you when you do that, you you either make a note somewhere where it's at, where you found it. Um, that's really important. A lot of times I will do that in the naming of the file. I'll say, you know, found at, you know, seven minutes and 32 seconds, um, something like that, because that is really important. But yeah, given enough time before and after, because there have been times where I have just not really thought and just kind of um, isolated that part. And it's like, what the hell was I doing there? So yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing is a bit more technical and that is when you're doing your files or you're setting up your recorder and this could be mics on a camera or just like i use zooms myself you're going to see a setting for high pass and low pass filters and what that does is it silences the more bass sounds and then you have the high pass filters which takes care of the higher pitch sounds right. the thing is you don't know where in the right. frequencies the evp is going to be and when you think about a male's voice it could be heavier bass mm -hmm. and a lady's voice or a child's voice could be higher pitched and so my pro tip is to set everything to a flat filter it doesn't it doesn't take out high end or low end right um, because you could essentially filter out the evps mm -hmm. by doing that yeah, or, you know, a recorder that gets rid of the background noise or yeah. anything like that. Or was it uh, the only that noise only records reduction. when you're, yeah, that only records when you're speaking. Yeah, you have to watch like all that. that stuff. Yeah, really be careful because, you know, that's where a lot of the EVPs lie. Mm -hmm. And they, then the other thing is if you use noise reduction, um, it depends on the volume of the EVP, right. right? So if it's crystal clear, like a DVP, almost like you could hear it, like we had this at Thornwood Castle while we were recording, I heard the EVP come across. Those will usually survive noise reduction. All right. um, the other whispers that you hear probably will not. Yeah, because there have been several times I've gotten some, you know, where that one in um, the Shady Lady in Centralia, mm -hmm. where, you know, Ross was asking me for a pen. It's like, June, do you have a pencil or a pen? And then you hear a voice say, no. Mm -hmm. And it's clear, but it's, you know, that 
yeah. underlying tone. Um, yeah. yeah. And the other thing you have to watch is when you amplify the track, because when you do that, you boost the levels, you know, increase the decibels where you isolated the EVP, you can distort it so much, or you get that hiss sound that's really bad. And it masks. Yeah. Generally speaking, I stay away from noise reduction and I don't amplify very much. I mean, if you're going to go the route of amplification, I would say use the manual. Um, you've got the EQ. It'll be in the um, it'll be in the software, right? And you, it'll show you low, mid, and high, and you can manually tweak these to help the voice come out more. Yes. So and and learn how to do that properly because honestly, I was doing it really poorly for a while where yeah. I would just like <laughs> enhance the, you know, the supposed EVP and the other voices, you know, were soft. It, it, it just sounded really bad. So yeah. So learn how to do it properly. Yep. And you know, you can practice <laughs> with it. I mean, it's got a loop yeah. if you, uh, this is where you just drag that section to select it uh, and then manipulate it, but always go back to the original file for right. the longest time i only put up the original file if you heard it you heard it great but now i mean because everyone has different speakers and stuff and i do believe in publishing everything to the web if you get evidence people have right. to be able to hear it but add the disclaimer that you've altered the file yes and so people will think that's altered. been manipulated yeah you i mean it's all it. been manipulated right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know they you just put that in there yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah no. yeah so you've got to do that, but always have the original file ready to go if someone asks for it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll get into the tools that we use a little bit later. Um, but what else should an audio analyst know how to do? Well, like you said, uh, you know, make sure you, you publish the files to the website or, you know, there, I mean... Uh, most of the time, if we do get something really good, even if it's at a private residence, because a lot of times the people say, well, you're not going to, you know, publish anything that you find here. But, you know, if you basically don't, you know, disclose their, their name or, you know, where we got it or anything like that, then I see no problem with, you know, publishing the evidence that you get, um, unless it's something that, um, you know, it's very private, mm -hmm. <laughs> like the spirit is talking about the person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, basically I do not, uh, you know, I don't know. What do you think? What are your feelings on that? Uh, I generally don't publish any, well, it, if it's a business, a museum, some kind of public place like that, I pretty much publish everything because it's a public right. place. And if it's a ghost speaking to you, they've been dead a very long time. So no harm, no foul. Uh, when it comes to private residences, I usually just do the question leading in. Right, and right. The right. EVP. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't want to ever put any information regarding the people that mm -hmm. we got it from unless they're like, hell yeah, I'll tell everybody in the world that I got yeah, this, no. you know? <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, if just, anything. With their permission. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. if you get phantom footsteps or something like that's no harm, no foul. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know? you're not going to hear anything else. Yeah, yeah. Or if you were doing, say, an engagement session and you got the knocks, like one knock for yes, one knock for two. Okay, that's fine, you know? Right, exactly. As long as you're not mentioning anyone's names no or street one's addresses name. yes, yes, or exactly. any of that stuff. 
but uh, but they should, you know, like I said, publish the files to the the website or you know some social media even saying say mm -hmm. hey what do you guys think of this you know ZVP that we caught or you know here's some video evidence or yeah so generally speaking I I really don't care to do it to social media channels unless okay. it's like YouTube where it's part of a video exactly, that yeah. you've done because um, yeah, you have more control of that uh, and the other thing is with social media I have no stomach for trolls. I mean, I prefer mm -hmm. a positive, supportive. Yeah, because you know you're gonna get that's fake. Yeah. you guys are just a bunch of charlatans. Because mm -hmm. they, I'm actually, I haven't had this experience. I know a lot of other teams have. I have, and I've been doing this really since 2007. Um, I can't say I've had too many jagoffs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, but mind you, I've had my website around for a very long time, and I control what I actually publish there. Uh, but on the social media side of it, even with um, YouTube, which can be notoriously nasty, not it's been pretty, pretty much fine. Well, you know, I think the way you pre you present it too, um, you know, mm. is it's pretty good because you know you're basically saying this is what it is. I mean, you know, this is what we found. You know, what's your opinion? You know. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh my gosh, these are fairies, you know, playing in a meadow. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I do. I mean? Yeah, I do play more of a was it straight, you know, hard news journalistic. Yeah, like, exactly. Here's the stuff. This was the context for it. There you so go. So that makes it. That makes a lot of difference. You yeah, know? I do not make claims that it's real or not. You know, like the people who are experts, I'm saying that in air quotes, um, yeah. in the paranormal, <laughs> um, who say, well, this is the way it is. And, you know, there's no other opinion, you know. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's going to be some people say, oh, yeah, well, I think it's, you know, your grandmother out for a little stroll in her, you know, nighty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things, though, when it comes to audio, that when I publish it, I do, this is not a best practice, but I do it anyway. I do put quotes, what I think the phrase says. Yeah. Well, and which I mean, you're not supposed to do. But. Well, you know, especially with something like that, when you have it out there on, on YouTube or, or something else, you know, a lot of people are going to be asking, well, what do you think it says? You know, but yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's fine. So let's move on to our next. Should we talk about the video analyst duties now? I think so. Because think so. you are, I consider you a guru. I just know how to video. cut some I just yeah. know how to You're cut really some good. Flex. Yeah. Um so yeah, with video analysts, I mean there there's some overlap because you're going to be using a mic for you don't have to use a mic for your video. It's just like I said, video context is very important. So yes. you need to make sure you got everything going on here. Um, but let's just, I'll get straight into the duties and then we'll elaborate on them mm, a bit more. Good. So if you're the video analysts, I mean, a lot of times first, we didn't really talk about this is you've got your tech manager that's going around to all the equipment and make sure it's working. Usually they grab the SD cards, um, that the analysts are going to use simply because they're in charge of the equipment. But just make sure if you're the video analyst that, you store the videos somewhere safe that's easy to share them. And I would say labeling the videos is very important. And you really want to do the who, what, when, where, why type thing. And that Definitely. just means let's, if, let's just use Thornwood Castle. I had the camera. So I would start with Jake. That's me who, who's recording it. The date and the time, the location. Because, you know, unless you have the film running continuously, 
usually you're going to be turning it on and off. And as part of that labeling practice, you'd want to say like English garden. I mean, it'll be obvious from the video in that case, but if you're inside someone's house or an abandoned building, not that I want you to be urban explorers and trespass. Yes. No, don't no, no. do that. Get permission. <laughs> uh, you know, make sure you put the, the location and maybe the room or part of the property where you're at. Okay. And then approximately how long it runs as part of the labeling of the files. The video person can do it. I think the investigator, when they pass the stuff off, should have it in their notes. Right. So that's just part of the storage in general. And like Google Drive is perfect. So you can share your files easily with a link. Uh, and then it comes to inputting the videos into the editing tool. So this is going to vary by the different software that you use. Now, generally speaking, I use iMovie. I've got Macs. Um, and we'll get into the software that you can use. And the iMovie will not just take any video file. So with the tech manager, you have to make sure you've picked a preferred recording type. It's and so you, yeah. yeah, so you can get M4As, you can get uh, MP4s, I think. I generally record everything as MP4s and everyone's going to bitch and moan and say there's compression and all that stuff issues, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And one of the other things I think is very important for you as the video analyst to do is understand how your audio works in your workstation, which is a workstation is the term for the video editing software that you're using. Because sometimes you want to keep everything together and sometimes you want to know, you have to know how to separate the audio from the video and you'll have to know how to insert EVPs that might have been picked up from the audio analyst. Right. So you've seen the ghosty shows, right? Ghost Adventures is per a perfect example of this where they play back the audio or the EVP like 50 gazillion times. Mm -hmm. And it's usually... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Yes. You have to know how to drop it in because the mic on the camera may not have recorded it. Right. So, and you want to be able to put that in, especially if you're doing a video clip or a recap for everyone to watch. So that's important how to Im import audio and put it into your timeline for your video editing. The other thing is, and this is really important, especially in video, you're going to get a lot of orbs, mists, rods just like video because yep. it's it's visual so you have all these aperture settings stuff like that you have to know how to explain if an orb or a mist a shadow um true is you know if, if you got a false positive or something's legit okay because we have seen a lot of the shows that they do not i mean they explain it but it's mm -hmm. usually because they think it's a ghost yeah and we've got other posts on debunking, so I'm not going to right, go right. into that here on this podcast because it's better done in a visual medium and not right. auditory here. So I'll put some links in there uh, as well, um, debunking orbs and ghost lights, stuff like that. Um, and when I put a link to the webpage, I have a list of resources and books and videos you can watch that will cover this stuff as well. Awesome. So the other thing is editing. It's all about doing your transitions, how to transition from one piece of evidence to another. I mean, this is, this is just straight up video editing. It's just some of the edits that you do in the cuts will help people understand what's happening better than like fading to black and fading and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> um, understand some basics of 
the video editing process. I mean, you don't have to be like a movie editor. Okay. You just have to know how long to do a transition in between it because a lot of people will just watch without listening Mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that you can present things that you don't necessarily have to listen to, to understand what's going on. That's good. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, the other thing, this is really important. Again, this is really nerdy tech. <laughs> so it's like if you're a video analyst, I mean, you're noticing half of this stuff isn't actually ghost hunting reviews. <laughs> it's how to actually make a video. And yeah. one of the things you have to do, especially if you publish to your website or to social media, you cannot have gigantic file sizes. So you have to figure out the art of how I export these files to make sure your website can actually take the video file because there's size limitations on lots of them. Like I use WordPress. I got 50 megabytes. I can't just like we did the Thornwood castle. It's a 19 minute video. It in its original form would not go up on WordPress. So you have to know how to present the video. I'll call it in a lightweight fashion, which means you can put up on YouTube or something like that and embed it and you should know how to do all of that stuff which that can be covered Um, you can just go out to youtube and watch a tutorial on that Um, but if you're familiar with youtube i mean upload it to youtube and then just share the link from there um this is another thing and i'll probably catch some shit for this and i really don't care i think (laughs) it's important to be able to do like a sizzle reel i'll call it which is know which parts to show that tell the story and it's easy to understand um, because people, you know, like when you're sharing your evidence and stuff, it's the web and they're on their phone. They're not going to dick around and wait for a long video to get rocking and rolling. No, that's true. So know how to string together the best parts to reduce the, um, you know, the time to watch. So Thornwood Castle is kind of an aberration for me because it was long. Um, but we had some good evidence and we wanted to talk about the history of the place right, so that one's right. a bit longer but you'll notice like spooked in seattle when we got the shadow figure it was just the parts of the shadow figure um so just get to the point if anyone's curious they can ping you you can send them the original files if you want and then the other important thing is to work with the other analysts when you're doing this because if you're doing video like i said you can import audio you can import pictures you can export pictures from video as well and it's important to be able to mash up all of those different analysts um, the evidence collected by those analysts to put together your your video recap of the ghost hunt so that okay. it's properly showing the um the context for the ghost hunt which also means you have to be really good at maybe boosting audio because uh, EVPs are quiet, and depending on the software they use, you might have to actually do it in the video software. So it's important to know which levers to pull in the video editing software to help the audio, as well as how to export and import photos. Photos make really good transitions in video. Or right. you want to, if you've got, if it's a really fast moving, blurry type. Uh, video image, the image analyst, which we'll get to next, might have picked up something very clear that you'll want to insert into your video. So cool. like I said, only half of the video analyst job is really about reviewing the evidence. It's, otherwise, it's all about how do I use video to explain what happened during the ghost hunt and showcase the evidence. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. I, I spilled a lot there. <laughs> no, that was very good though. <laughs> very informative. <laughs> Yes. 
Well, I guess the next one would be the image analyst duties. Yeah. So Pictures. this, yeah. So like I said, video and image is pretty much going together because you know, I don't see people taking so many pictures anymore. And I think that's simply because if you're using flash or still images, I think you get a higher rate of false positives. Mm-hmm. You're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we do have cameras. That's, yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, one thing about us too is, you know, we always make sure we at least take three pictures, two or three pictures, usually three pictures of each area that we're taking the pictures of because all of a sudden you may have something show up on one picture that's not in the other picture which is kind of cool you know the evidence wise mm-hmm. but um, but yeah that's usually a good thing mm-hmm. yeah and um you know this i would say this was more so like 10 years ago i mean camcorders have become pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. now but so certain cameras have far better focusing Um, and higher image quality than a lot of the camcorders. And like now we have Sony 4K, right? I I use a Sony 4K and which is going to give you a crisp image, but still um, pictures and because of the focus and low light conditions, camcorders aren't as good in low light conditions than a standard picture camera because you can do different lenses and you can do all the manual settings. So that's one thing as the image, I would say that's more the tech manager's duty to know how to do all that stuff. But with the image analyst, I mean, a lot of it's going to cross over with the video. Like you have to know how to label and store images very similar to what you do in video. You have to know how to input and use the photo editing software and just you don't i don't think you have to go too crazy with this because image manipulation <laughs> can give you a lot of hoaxery oh yes <laughs> but i mean at the end of the day you probably should know how like i've got a mac you should know how to use um at least preview because it does have a lot of correction auto correction on it and you've got photoshop as well but you should be able to know how to manipulate some of the color spectrum and contrast stuff like that Right. So that you can make the, if there's an apparition or something like that, stand out stand a bit out, more. Yeah. But you have to label it when you publish it that you manipulated it this yeah, way. Exactly. Or people have are going to say, what did you do to it? You just put that image in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I, you know, sometimes we're torn where sometimes you circle the anomaly um, to help people see it. I, get that more so for shadow people mm-hmm. but if you have an apparition i don't think you should do that yeah i think a lot of times you know hopefully most of it speaks for itself mm-hmm. um hopefully you know it's like look in the tree you can see the shadow person picking at you know peeking out the tree and it's like uh yeah i don't really yeah i don't really <laughs> think that that is you know a shadow person they're like but look and they circle it really big and mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing with video is because the eyes want to make something, give something meaning that probably doesn't need meaning. Like right. perfect example, Bachelor Grove Cemetery is notorious for the robed figures around. Uh, dude, with the fence and it's in a thick forest, all the tree branches going around and uh, stuff. Like what? I have debunked every robe figure as being the eyes. This is the pareidolia thing. Mm-hmm. you know inventing something that's not really there 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm sure people probably were up in arms about that too, because no, you don't understand. That's really I'm, a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I can I'm feel like, mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No the, one gives a fuck leaf. about your feelings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and you can see the leaves coming out of the robed person, yeah. you know, uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. tree branch. <laughs> I, I would say it's actually worse in the winter and fall after the leaves have fallen off and oh, you just get all yeah. the branches and twigs crisscrossing with like the fence um yeah and the but, knot holes and things like that yeah exactly coloration. but it, i think the image analyst is f the best to debunk the claims of orbs and mists the apparitions matrixing all the rods because that that's really if you know camera settings and stuff it'll be obvious what it is and plus when you're taking pictures pretty much any orb you get with just a single picture you know not a camcorder because camcorder, you can see flight patterns and stuff. Mm -hmm. You get the movements with the camera. Like, I think this is probably the best chance for you to get the false positive versus right. the camcorder. Right. Uh, let's see. So when you publish files similar to video, you have to make sure it fits and it'll upload. <laughs> right. <laughs> because of file important. sizes. Yes. It's on you to give the full context of all the manipulation you've done. Yes. And I think you have to know how to make galleries. I don't think a one and done picture i mean in some cases if it's if it's really good evidence and you want to showcase it but generally speaking um, i i prefer like a gallery to be made so you can see the sequence of stuff mm -hmm, definitely throughout the ghost hunt and then of course working with a video analyst because if you've got good ev evidence and it's a single frame you know you have to the video analyst should take that and include it into the evidence package that they're right. making yes you know, I can say, honestly say, I have never really gotten any good photo evidence. Um, the only time I have was at, with a thermal imaging camera, mm -hmm. and that's it. So, sadly, I have yeah, not yeah, we, been you know, privileged we, with that. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the thermal imaging camera because there's a couple ways you can do it depending on which one you're using. You like you can take a picture or you rec record a video. I, I record videos mm -hmm. with thermal imaging um but it's that would good... have been so much better if i would have had video of that um you know i wish i could have taken video mm -hmm. i mean i wish i would have taken video of the uh, the figure that i got at the walker ames house in port gamble washington mm -hmm. um but yeah not. it would have been really cool if we saw it moving true yeah that would be amazing um i'll get to my apparition photos in a moment because i have had full body apparitions so i'll tell you about how i got it and where i got it in a sec cool, please. but the other thing we didn't talk about is the sls connect and the mm. xcam mm -hmm. uh, to me i mean the tech manager's on the hook for setting it up um, but when it comes to reviewing the evidence there i would say it belongs to the video analyst because it is you are recording video with it you can take pictures you can take pictures don't get me wrong but xcam is made for movement motion so that's why I lean on having the video analyst going through that and selecting it. However, not all the um, file types, you might have to convert the file is what I'm getting at to make it useful in the, depending on which, which one you're using, you might have to know how to convert one video type to a different to use it with your editing software. Hmm. Most of that comes down to like with QuickTime stuff. And if you're using a dot, MOV file versus an MP4, stuff like that. Not every editing um, 
software will use .mov, especially at consumer level. Like if you're doing Avid, which is used by film producers, TV shows, stuff like that, not a problem. If you're using, you know, something default on your PC at home, it may not take MOVs or it may not take right. uh, M4As. So and you have to know you find how to that out them. the hard way. Yes. Yes, and then you have to get a separate converter. Now, usually you can export from into different file types, but not every software will allow an input from a certain type. Uh, so I guess that's really, oh yeah. So I forgot that about the apparitions. Um, so this is on ghostly. If you do the Pasadena ghost hunt, um, this was suicide bridge. I did get a full bodied apparition of a woman walking on the bridge. It was taken on an infrared camera that was interestingly set to color at the time, a normal camera. It's very cool. And it was one frame out of the thousand pictures we took. Only one frame had it in it. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I still debunked it simply because the time of the day, the shadows were casting from the, um, if you know Suicide Bridge in Pasadena, it's Colorado Street Bridge. It runs along, I think, Highway 110, maybe it's I-10. And it was in the afternoon, so there was shat that it has an anti-suicide uh, gate up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the rods were casting shadows down on the sidewalk. So you see the lady walking, but it looks like she casts a shadow because it's the rods on the gate being cast because of the sun and so i debunked it because you know i couldn't prove it was um casting a shadow or not so i threw it out Mm. because i had shadows on the bridge and she was walking so but you you knew in your heart that she was not there what's that i said you knew in your heart that she was not there i mean a regular person yeah. Oh no, because That's David I mean. was on the other end of it, yeah. and, I was, and there was no one crossing the bridge in front of us or anything exactly. like that. So, so that, that stinks. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know, because you're going to have too much hate, too many haters, and say, yeah. Oh, well, on. I mean, because there's doubt. I mean, every yeah, ghost picture you're going to have though is there's going to be doubt, but that's apparitions are for another podcast. But mm-hmm. let's talk about tools that we would mm-hmm. recommend. Cool especially the free ones a lot of people want Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) for sure i mean most of the stuff you can get by default right uh, right. on your computers nowadays as long as you got a newish one that's true i think but when it comes to audio analysis june i mean what what would you recommend and what are the most common types well i think most people because it is offered as as free um you know that you can download is audacity Mm -hmm. um you know i i really that's kind of the one I started off with. Um, I have kind of moved up a little bit because I like, um, you know, I, I just, I don't know why. Well, you know, I, I also, I also sing. So I used to like, you know, like to record myself singing and then, you know, tear myself apart. So, you know, <laughs> go and listen to my voice and say, Oh my God, that sucks. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> We won't get into that. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, what would you say about Audacity? I mean, basically. So I used to use Audacity all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I have Macs. And the new 
uh, operating system Catalina and Audacity are not compatible. And Audacity hasn't made a version that works with Catalina. So I can't use it anymore. Though it was my favorite uh, for EVP selection and analysis and file manipulation. Now I use, because I got Max, I use GarageBand to do it and I've never you tried know, that for anything i always thought garage band was just used for um i mean just for fun little things. oh yeah no yeah. you can use it and i found out i mean it the i think audacity does better with waveforms but understanding that evps don't always create a waveform uh, i find just the interface of it i think is less intimidating than audacity because you know audacity has all these buttons yes exactly <laughs> and GarageBand is a bit bit simpler because you can just turn on the eq and it's got like knobs for noise reduction that you just flip on or off and and um, so now i use GarageBand more often so if you listen to the thornwood castle stuff i edited all that stuff with um garage band Cool. And it allows me to manipulate just by turning a knob, um, you know, low frequency, high frequency, mid frequencies. And um, so, like, I've had really good luck with that. I've got a new audio editor called Hindenburg that also has a lot of this stuff, too. And it's made for voice. So when you use GarageBand, it's really made for music. Right. But I've got this new editing software called Hindenburg, which NPR uses this apparently when they're um, producing stuff in the field and they need to do a quick edit to to make everything sound really good. They use Hindenburg. And I haven't used it for EVPs yet, but it's much the same thing. Um, I would say it's really, really good with voice. Compared, oh, nice. it's it's made for voice editing because it's NPR, it's for radio, it's for right. and their podcasts and stuff. So, um, mu- yeah. music is isn't its strongest part. It's definitely for voice. I use WavePad uh, now for mine, and it's the the paid one, so it gives you a little more features and things mm-hmm. like that. But I like it because it is very user friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, now that I'm getting older and seems like my tech mind is starting to really drift away a lot more because I'm not using it as much, you know, I'll just give myself that, but, <laughs> um, but it, it seems to be a little more user-friendly for me. So um, I, I kind of like it. What did I use before? I think I used a software called AVP. Oh, I don't know that one. It was, um, which was, was pretty good too, but I kept having some bugs in it. So, but uh, that's what I'm using now is WavePad, but I'll probably, I'm sure, advance to something else you know mm-hmm. later i know me <laughs> <laughs> find something a little more user-friendly each time yeah um so on the video editing side like i said i use iMovie i think it's pretty simple to put in and it's pretty uh, so all video video editing software i would say takes a little getting used to that's <laughs> but, so true i'm so awful at it it's it's embarrassing <laughs> so i mean once you get used to yeah. how it works you can like i've gone from iMovie i do have final cut pro that's a bit more powerful than i you know than i need for making cute youtube video right <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh you know you have a timeline you drag clips you split a playhead like you would with an audio player um, it's got a lot of stuff built in to do transitions. You just, it's the kind of thing where you just noodle around to it. And once you get it, you get it. Um, I, you know, I went through a learning curve. I was not the best <laughs> at this stuff at first, but now it's pretty 
second nature to me. Another option is you've got Adobe Premiere, which works similar to iMovie and Final Cut Pro with the timeline and dragging files around. Uh, and everyone's like, well, what about the cost? Well, in the case of iMovie, if you got a Mac and it's newish, it's just part of I was gonna say it's the just software. Part of it, yeah. yeah. And then for Premiere, even though it's not it doesn't come by default with a lot of computers. They've got a 1999 monthly subscription. So if you're going to do a lot of video editing for your ghost hunts and stuff, I mean, it's 20 cool. bucks a month. I'd actually do that with um, my, a lot of my pictures and, and images yeah. as I do pick monkey. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, I pay like, I think three ninety nine a month uh, for yeah. it. And it gives you new features and things like that. Uh -huh. It's really pretty yep. cool. Yep. That's really nice about Adobe because you mm -hmm. get the latest. I mean, if, if you're a Mac user, whenever they update Final Cut Pro or they update iMovie, I mean, you just get, it just downloads and updates for yeah, you. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I, I would say the cloud-based subscription, which is all the online stuff, uh, they update more often. Um, and what's good about Adobe Premiere, and we're not really endorsing for you to spend no, no, money no. or name. This is just the stuff we use. What we like. Yeah. Uh, with Adobe, though, you can combine things. So you could get Premiere and you could get, say, Photoshop with it. And I, it's going to be like 25 to 30 bucks a month if you do that. That'd be nice because yeah. if people have not priced Photoshop, yeah. um, let's just say it's it can be a little pricey. It depends yeah. what you get though. But Yeah, yeah. Like if you buy the individual standalone software. But what's nice about the subscriptions is they're monthly and you can just cancel it if you don't use it. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so for, like I said, I, I mentioned we've got preview um, on the Mac and there's Photoshop. Previews, preview, like I say, is the same thing as Photoshop for a Mac. It's just greatly scaled down, which you can do with it. But I think, you know, get used to using those. There's lots of tutorials available out there. Adobe makes stuff available for you for free. Um, and Mac, uh, there's a lot of tutorials for it on YouTube. I would say for any of these things from audio, if you're using Audacity to GarageBand, there's just go to YouTube. You yeah, that's one thing I really classes. need to remember. It's like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, this is, you know, I'm never going to learn how to do this because I'm not a very good person when it comes to reading directions. Um, but if I'm watching something, I'm a lot better at it. And I need mm -hmm. to remember there's probably every single thing you ever want to learn is probably a video on YouTube um, mm -hmm. and you can, you know, watch it. So I think it makes yeah. it a little easier when you're watching. Yeah. And, you know, look at a few different uh, tutorials yes. because I would say like Adobe and Apple when they do the official training like meh meh <laughs> yeah but you've got some expert users that make videos too exactly. and they'll go show to you a, a lot more shortcuts yeah. Yeah. go to a real person using it yeah it'd um, probably be more practical yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah so then we got the software out of the way we got the best practices and what they do so June what do you think makes a great evidence analyst? Oh, man. I think, you know, one of the top things is uh, you got to have that patience and you've got to want to look through everything and listen to everything. And <laughs> that's probably a really good one. But uh, and uh, I, well, I think there's a lot of different characteristics, um, mm -hmm. you know, for people to learn how to become a, an analyst and, um, you know, they really do need to make sure that they are good at, uh, I guess you'd say organization skills or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is, 
<laughs> sorry, I was trying to think. Um, <laughs> just, you know, very methodical, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you have to take the same approach to anal analysts. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I'm not being able to form words while we're doing this. It's very, um, it's still early in the morning. Yes. <laughs> we're on the West Coast. You just have to, you know, make sure because you're going to have to watch or look at something over and over and over again just to make sure you don't miss anything. So that's very important. You've got to be, you know, very, you know, yeah, and very persistent. Um, you know, you do have to push through the boredom of listening to the same investigation data, looking, you know, for that two second long EVP and everything like this, or, or you know, whatever it could be. You know, like I said, a simple little no, but you know, you're <laughs> going to catch something like that. It's like, um, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. And, uh, you know, they have to be very curious, I think. Um, if you don't, you know, want to know why something manifested the way it did or try to debunk it, um, then you won't make a good analyst. You know, you just have to kind of know that, you know, you probably won't be a very good investigator either because, you know, <laughs> you have to be, you know, curious of why do you think this is happening? You know, who do you think is there? You know, things like that. I mean, you just have to kind of put yourself in that mind frame, I guess you'd say. And having a good technical aptitude is probably really good. Um, you know, ghost tech is always changing and you need to keep up with it. Because, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. The Jake other thing is, is the king of that. Yeah, I was going to say, because you have to, I mean, if you've got a small team, then your evidence analyst is the investigator and stuff. <laughs> yes. So, you know, you have to understand how to use audio workstations, video workstations, image manipulation. Yes. And we got plenty of people out there that are technically averse. And yes. I'm like, do you even review your evidence then? I mean, you know, that's <laughs> how we, else are you going <laughs> to review That's, it? you know, we could get into a whole other show with that. Yeah. Because, you know, there are the people which I, like I said, I've called them fast food ghost hunters, mm. um, are actually more like instant gratification ghost hunters is um, a lot of them just bring their spirit box you know, to an investigation and don't even bring a uh, video or audio or, I mean, any, any kind of, you know, reporter mm -hmm. with them because they just want it right then and they don't want to review their evidence. So, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I hate to say this, buddy, but if you're doing it just for the thrills, you're really not a paranormal investigator. Just wait, I kind of do it for thrills. Oh, you don't just do it for thrills. I mean, you know what I mean? You like to know everything else. You're not just the thrill person. I know. You're not just there to be a thriller. Yeah. It is fun, though, when you get something crazy happen. Okay. No, I love that, too. I mean, I love that, too. But I'm not I'm saying that I do also go through all of the footage that I have. You know, some people don't go through their footage. You yeah, know? that's true. Or their audio. So, that gets or, my goat. You're right. Yeah. That's for another Yes, we should say you should have what what annoys you with ghost hunting. Yes, I think that, <laughs> we'll, you know we'll we need that. we need to have a whole show, and that could be like a three or four hour show. That could be. We'll <laughs> we'll make it. We'll put in separate parts. That <laughs> <laughs> really well. Um, but also the next one is courage. Yeah, you know you've got to be a little brave in this field. If if you're afraid of the dark, if you're afraid of anything that goes bump in the day or night or the criticism you're gonna get uh, yeah yeah that's true <laughs> that's true courage yeah feels that because people are going to be haters mm -hmm. 
there's going to be a lot of haters because you're posting it out there. You got to take a deep breath and just post it. And if people are starting to say, you know, that's all fake, you just faked it all. Um, you know, there's going to be skeptic skeptics. Mm -hmm. They are going to go through and just crucify you. Yeah, but they're going to do that anyway. Yeah, exactly. So you got to be you got to be brave. But too. yeah, and the other thing is you can always go well. Okay, I thank you for the feedback. Uh, show me your evidence. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten, they don't have any evidence, or yeah. it's obviously moisture on the camera lens. Right. Exactly. So yeah. So I think that is a big thing. So you have to you have to have courage in in both senses, mm -hmm. <laughs> in both senses. But yeah. uh, what about the sharp senses? Should talk about that. Part? Oh my goodness! Yeah, this is. Um, I I find this is more so with audio analysts versus video and image analysts. Though with image, I mean you have to be able to, and just like video, you have to be able to spot the anomaly. And right. if you're in a dark place, you got shadows. You know, sometimes you don't see things. Some people aren't as good with color spectrum. That's true. As others, and they can't see the nuance or the slight contrasts in things. But mainly this is, I find this is more so with the audio analysts. And I kind of have this one thing. Um, you know, some people don't hear lower end so well. Some people don't mm -hmm. hear upper end so well. You know, the mid frequencies, which is usually where the spoken word happens, like my voice, June's voice. Okay. Some people just hear frequencies better than others. Right, right. And they can hear an EVP that no one else can. And it'll be clear as a bell to you. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's important to know how to cut and change EQ. Because um, I, I have bad ears in the mid-frequency. Mm. And people, I'll hear things that other folks will not hear. And, you know, it, it's kind of like consensus reality if they can't hear it is it really then is it really there so that's something right. to think about and it's just gonna happen some people just have some right. sharper senses than others so you know my view is do your peer review with your evidence and especially with audio and if no one can hear it or make it out you even it if out. you hear it you know mm -hmm. put it in your personal stockpile but i would say don't publish it oh because, man though it, it's it's heartbreaking sometimes yeah that you think you have this really cool EVP that's saying, I'm going to kill you while you're mm -hmm. asleep, June. And everybody <laughs> else is just hearing, yeah. It's like, no, no, get yeah. your Bose headphones out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's the matrixing part of it too, yeah, where you're exactly. saying, but it's just being able to hear it. So yes. I spent time as a code breaker when I was in the army. You, you know, the only way you make it there because I was doing audio based um wow. code breaking is you some you know like you're trained to hear like through static and through morse code and That's through all awesome. this other stuff so i've been trained for that kind of listening so but most other people you know don't have yeah. that it really stinks too when you get older too i find i've found myself um having a hard time 
in crowded rooms and things like that, focusing on, mm -hmm. you know, someone that says something and if it's a really loud restaurant or something around me, I'm having a hard time, you know, hearing what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, but I find that when, as I'm getting older, um, you know, sadly, and I have a feeling I'm probably, it's probably all that, you know, when I used to be in my punk band, um, <laughs> it's probably now my ears are starting, they, my hearing is starting to diminish a little bit. So, um, but you know, if I, if it's usually a quiet room, I can usually hear a pin drop. I mean, I can yeah. hear really well, but when there's lots of noise around me, yeah, that's mm -hmm. a whole other story. True. So but, like I said, yeah. I mean, some people just have sharper senses. So exactly. I think that's why if you're the evidence analyst, the peer review is a big one. Yeah. So uh, you've got to be able to hear. <laughs> yeah. And you have to have the majority thing. of people to see it and hear it. Um, yes. Otherwise, I would say don't publish it. Yep. You're right. You're right. You know, it is one thing, you know, that uh, now that I am getting older, I, I'm one of these people that I like to review all of my own stuff because, you know, I was there, I know what happened, blah, blah, blah. But, and you can still do that. But I think it's a really good idea if you have somebody that can be the analyst to also do a sweep of everything mm -hmm. because they may be a lot more, you know, they might pick up some things that you miss and yeah. uh you know so mm -hmm. i'm gonna you know try to do that i am a little teeny bit of a control freak so it's hard for me to you know to hand off some of my stuff to somebody else but you know yeah. you can still go through it and and go through it yourself but it, then after that you might want to say okay can i have our analysts go through this and see what you think and see yeah. what you can find so mm -hmm. yeah especially when you've cut out the clips and everything and you're ready yes. to publish it that's probably when i would do it exactly um, so that brings us to the end of this episode um june if someone is interested in becoming an evidence analyst for a ghost what can they do well you can go to our website a ghost.org and um there's a lot of contact forms in there and just you know send me a note or you know you can also go to my you can send me an email at a ghost june vp at gmail.com so mm -hmm. you know please do i yep. would love to hear from anybody you know right now so yes okay and so folks from ghostly activities i'll drop a link to the article that i wrote about evidence analysts and it has um, a list of additional resources you can use different books that will help you with evidence analysis and then i put links to tutorials on youtube all you have to do is click the link and it'll take you right to the the tutorials that you would need you are amazing amazing mm -hmm. jake thank, thank you, you. For doing that and with that everyone i would say stay safe and thank stay you for tuning well. in stay healthy yeah. stay healthy okay bye guys bye, bye.